Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to educating and empowering men to address erectile dysfunction, improve confidence, and enhance the satisfaction in their relationships. This podcast is brought to you by ErectionIQ.com. Learn more at ErectionIQ.com. Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. I am Mark Goldberg, Certified Sex Therapist. I am deeply passionate about working with men like you to help resolve their ED. Today we are joined by Dr. David Sigmund. Dr. Sigmund is a board-certified urologist, a partner at Chesapeake Urology, and a clinical instructor at the University of Maryland School of Medicine. He also serves as the chief of urology at Sinai and Northwest Hospitals in Baltimore, Maryland. His clinical interests include erectile dysfunction and prosthetic surgery, kidney stone disease, prostate disease management, and vasectomy. So Dr. Simmons, we try to cover as many topics relating to erectile dysfunction as we can, and we know that there are a lot of them out there. One of the issues that I've seen in my clinical practice relates to the onset of erectile dysfunction around the time of having a vasectomy. I think our listeners could benefit from learning about vasectomy and the relationship, if there is any, to erectile dysfunction. So can we start by trying to understand a little bit about what a vasectomy is? Absolutely. So, you know, a vasectomy is a permanent form of sterilization. And when we say permanent, we mean people really need to, uh, to take into consideration if they want to have any further children or not. Certainly a vasectomy can be reversed, but there is a lot that goes into reversing a vasectomy. It tends not to be covered by insurance. It's a much longer, more difficult procedure. So when it's time to have a vasectomy, we really have people consider you know, the fact that we do consider this to be a a permanent form of sterilization. What we do within a vasectomy is we remove a little section of the vas deferens, the tubes that allow the transport of sperm that allow for fertility, and we remove a tube and we seal those tubes so they can't reconnect themselves. Really, that's, that's the procedure. It doesn't have any impact on the rest of the plumbing or or sexual functioning aspects of, uh, of an individual, but it does remove the ability of sperm to be ejaculated that could allow for future fertility. Okay, so just to clarify, this should not interfere with the physical components relating to an erection. Is that correct? Yes, it should not. Um, you know, in order for a man to have an erection, there has to be uh, the desire to to be in a, a sexual situation which allows for erections. So the brain must be intact. Uh, there's a hormonal aspect of erections related to uh, testosterone. This has no impact on testosterone. Uh, it has no impact on sensation of the penis or the genitalia. So this really has no, no uh, side effects with regard to the physiologic uh, aspects of erections. Okay, it's really, really important for our listeners to know about that. Now, you mentioned that that the idea here is to, again, sever a section of the vas deferens. Is that correct? That's correct. Now, does that have any impact on ejaculation? So that's a very good question, and that's something I think your listeners really need to understand and something that I talk to all my patients about. When a man ejaculates, the, the volume of the ejaculate that's produced is anywhere between two and a half to five milliliters of fluid. The amount that comes from the testicle is only about 0.5 milliliters. So after a vasectomy, a man is still going to ejaculate 
and that fluid's going to come from the prostate gland and the seminal vesicles. There's just going to be no sperm in the ejaculate. So men really can't tell what the volume of ejaculate is. It's really imperceptibly different. They would not, you know, recognize that there's any change in the volume of ejaculate. So the ejaculate, the ejaculation should be largely the same, at least experientially. Is that correct? That's true. It really should. The sensation of ejaculation and orgasm is no different after a vasectomy. And the volume of fluid is really minimally less. The only thing that's not in the fluid are sperm. And uh, I usually kind of joke with my patients and say, actually, the whole process of sexual activity after a vasectomy should be uh, more rewarding because there's no worry about fertility if you're trying to, to consider yourself infertile and not have any more children. And we're going to circle back around to some of those components, um, you know, the pleasure aspect of sex post-vasectomy, uh, as well as the uh, fertility or, or fear of an unwanted pregnancy. Sure. Um, but in the interim, Dr. Simon, can you share any common fears that men have expressed to you over the years about going through this procedure? You know, the number one fear is pain. And, you know, most people are a little bit anxious when they come to the office. And I tell them if they're not anxious, I worry a little bit more about them because, you know, from a young age, men are taught to protect their genitals from, uh, from injury. And when I'm coming at a man's genitals with a sharp instrument, it's a little bit disconcerting. And, you know, I reassure men that we use a lot of local anesthetic to keep them comfortable during the procedure. And the discomfort from the procedure really is limited to about five to 10 seconds on each side as we numb up that area. So that's really, you know, men's first uh, source of fear or anxiety. And again, some of their fear is what is sexual activity going to be like after a vasectomy? And some men feel that the fact that they're no longer able to, uh, to obtain a, a pregnancy afterward and the fact that they're infertile makes them less, I would say, quote unquote, manly. And, you know, that's something that we, we have a discussion about as well to let them know that, again, it doesn't change testosterone. It doesn't change what they view about being a man. And it doesn't change their virility or ability to be, you know, a sexual being. It just changes the fact that they no longer are going to be able to have children. Yeah, we can appreciate, um, certainly on this podcast, the importance that a man may place on the ability to have children in terms of his own sense of his manlyhood and how that can impact sexual function. Certainly something that I have worked with a number of men on post-vasectomy and going through that transition period. Right. But what is the recovery period after a vasectomy? So the overall recovery period is really about five days. What I tell men the first day is they'll go home after the procedure, put a bag of ice, frozen peas, uh, whatever it is that's cold uh, on their lap, and they'll ice on and off for the first uh, 24 hours. Uh, they'll lay on the couch the first day, not do too much activity. I tell them that their partner, children, everybody around them needs to be nice to them that day. Then for the next four days after that, I ask them not to do a lot of heavy lifting, strenuous activity, no sexual activity for the first five days, and then they can resume sexual activity thereafter. Okay. And you kind of led right into my next question, Dr. Savannah. I was wondering about the instruction to not ejaculate after a vasectomy. And you said it, that, that should last for about five days, correct? That's correct. And you know, after five days, um, there's still sperm that can be uh, adjacent to the, the tubes and the whole uh, 
genitourinary plumbing system. So it really takes about 15 to 20 ejaculations or about two months to clear the sperm from the tract. So what we tell men is once they've achieved either 15 to 20 ejaculations or if two months has gone by, we ask them to do a semen analysis at the lab where they would ejaculate into a cup at home, take it to the lab, not more than two hours old. And at that point in time, we get a, a semen test. And as long as there's no sperm within the, the ejaculate, we'll tell men that they're clear for unprotected sex. But until that time, it's imperative that they continue uh, to use contraception. Got it. Okay. Now, Dr. Sigmund, you mentioned earlier about a reversal of a vasectomy. Can you describe to our listeners a little bit more about what that procedure is like? So it's about a two to three hour procedure typically done with anesthesia because it's very sensitive to do that. The tubes uh, that transport sperm, the vas deferens tubes are quite small and it's easy to remove the tubes, but if you have to sew them back together to maintain the uh, patency or openness of the tube, uh, it requires sutures that are about the size of one's hair. So it's, it's very delicate surgery. It takes time. It's also done under an operating microscope because we need a lot of magnification to make sure the procedure is done properly. And we'll place somewhere between four and six sutures in each vest tube uh, in order to reattach them. And that can take you know up two to three hours to do for people who are very well-trained to do that. Not all urologists are able to do that. And uh, most of people who do that have advanced training and a fellowship as far as uh, male infertility goes. So it sounds like a very, very delicate process to reverse a vasectomy. What would you say is the, the success rate on that procedure? So in a well-trained surgeon within the first five years, uh, the success rates are about 90%. After five years, they wane a little bit, but you know those those would really those people who consider it a little bit earlier on following a vasectomy have uh, have better success. So it's possible to reverse, but there certainly are you know a, there's a risk that once a man goes through a vasectomy, it may not be reversible in all cases. Is that correct? That's cor- that's correct. Okay. Now, does the reverse vasectomy impact erectile function at all? It does not. It's the same concept and process where all we're doing is reattaching the tubes. So the process of erection, ejaculation is all the same. All we're doing is allowing sperm to get back into the ejaculate in order to achieve a pregnancy. Okay, good. I'm sure our listeners will be glad to hear that. Now, Dr. Simon, what are some of the things that you have heard over the years from patients about sexual performance challenges before or after a vasectomy? So I haven't heard a whole lot before, although, you know, in the the days leading up to a vasectomy, there certainly can be a little bit of anxiety about the procedure, and that may certainly have an impact on sexual functioning. Certainly erectile dysfunction after a vasectomy is something that's very well noted and tends to be more from a, what we call psychogenic aspect, you know, and I think there can be some deep deep-seated thoughts in men about the inability to, uh, to father children in the future after a vasectomy. Uh, if there's any residual discomfort after the procedure, that certainly can have an impact on sexual functioning. And, uh, you know, I think men worry the first time they ejaculate after a vasectomy, what that might be like, is it going to be painful? And so that 
that aspect of their sexual functioning certainly could impact erections immediately after the procedure. And how common would you say it is that a man will experience some type of challenge with sexual functioning post vasectomy? I would say in my experience, maybe 10 to 20%. And, uh, you know, I usually counsel my patients and try to talk them through things to let them know that, you know, nothing from a, a, a physical aspect has changed other than the inability to have children to let them know that, you know, if they're having some residual pain, that it may take a little bit of time to go away, help them with, you know, anti-inflammatory medication, but just to let them know that everything should be as it was prior to the vasectomy uh, over time. And in your experience, do you find that with you know, proper counseling, guidance, proper information, um, men are generally able to resolve that dysfunction It remains temporary and doesn't require further medical treatment? For the most part, yes. But there are, you know, a section, subsection of, of patients who still have some issues. And I find that those patients really benefit from sexual counseling uh, with somebody well-versed in sexual counseling. Uh, and I've certainly uh, used that for some of my patients who still struggled with some erection issues following, uh, following vasectomy. Well, that's been very informative. Thank you very much, Dr. Sigmund. So as a, as a wrap-up, just to make sure that, that our listeners have gotten the main points, vasectomy should not be having a physical impact on the erection process. That's absolutely correct. Right. There are some men who will harbor fears leading up to the procedure and may have some concerns post-procedure. Right. Men who receive good information generally can resolve that on their own. There is a subset of people that may need a little bit more intense counseling right, to help overcome some of the psychogenic or some of the brain components, right, or the anxieties that might be negatively interfering with their sexual performance. But this should be a resolvable issue for the vast majority of men. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think that's spot on. And I think just like anything else in medicine, I think giving people realistic expectations prior to any procedure is very important. And that's why I really take time to sit down with people, let them know what to expect from a, a discomfort standpoint, explain how the procedure is done and what they can expect before and afterward. And we always discuss the various aspects of sexual functioning just to let them know, you know, what the, the possibilities are and what they can expect. And you coming on to the podcast today and helping to get some of this information out there. I know that it's not specific to any one patient, but even this general information really goes a long way to help empower our listeners to be able to overcome any challenges they have with sexual function through this just excellent expertise and, and excellent information that you provide. So I want to really thank you for giving us your time today and coming on to the podcast and would like to keep an open invitation, if that's okay with you, to have you come join us to discuss further topics in the future. I'd be more than happy to, and thanks for having me today. Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit ErectionIQ.com. That's ErectionIQ.com.